Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Stories Podcast. This is your narrator, Kelsey Lee. I've been busy the past couple of weeks recording my new album. It's a PG-rated folk album from my band, Old Wild Eyes. We're going to play you a track before this episode, and if you like it, you can get the rest of the album on iTunes. Just search Old Wild Eyes. After the song, you'll hear Amazing Grace, Every Creature, Part 2. Enjoy! sun sits in the middle of the sky, burning red like the LED on some piece of tech. In the bright light, all shadows seem to disappear, and Grace has no trouble at all finding the poacher's trail. Everywhere she looks, there are footprints and broken stalks of that wavy blue grass. Apparently, they weren't worried about being tracked. It wasn't the first mistake they made, but it just may be the last. She presses deeper into the grass until it's well above her head, and spreading out in every direction like she's at the bottom of some strange sea. After about an hour, she can see the mountains rising up on the horizon. Another hour after that, she hears the first of the screams. Grace stops and drops to her knees. A lifetime of working with wild creatures has taught her the hard way what an injured animal sounds like, and her body's collection of strange scars is a constant reminder of those lessons. Chips, you getting this? She says into the calm. Yes, replies Chips from the Walden's cockpit. You having indigestion again? This isn't a time for joking, you bucket of bolts. I think that's a hexacorn, and it doesn't sound happy. Oh, 
says Chip sarcastically. Usually they're such pleasant creatures. Grace lays flat on the ground and eases herself forward in an army crawl. The poacher's trail is still clear here and actually getting wider. Just run it through the Walden's database and see if you get any hits. Already done. It is a hexacorn. Juvenile, approximately one year old. Shouldn't be any larger than a chubby golden retriever. Still, it would be wiser not to approach. Hush now, Grace whispers. You're approaching anyway, aren't you? Asks Chips with a weary tone of resignation. I said hush, Grace says, and switches off her calm. Easing her stun blaster from its holster, she slides forward until she's looking into a small clearing that smells of blaster fire, burning plants, and other things even less pleasant. Here, all that blue grass has been scorched away, and on the burnt patch of ground lays a baby hexacorn. Its six horns have been crudely removed, and it lays on the ground, thrashing weakly and moaning. It looks like a strange cross between a horse and an alligator. Its six legs are long and scaly, ending in razor-sharp cloven hoofs. The scales continue up through the rest of the body, which is approximately the same shape as a horse, except the tall neck tapers down to a flat, alligator-wide jaw, big enough to swallow Grace whole. The nubs of the removed horns line the jaw, three on a side, and they're still bleeding lightly. You poor baby, Grace says, holstering her blaster and approaching the hexacorn slowly. Don't worry, I'm going to help you. The hexacorn struggles as she approaches, but it's in too much pain to do much more than roll around a little. When she gets closer... Grace sees that in addition to the removed horns, the animal also has half-dozen burns from some kind of stun pod. Typical poachers, says Grace with a snarl. Take what you need and leave the poor animal to die. Well, you won't get away with this one. She reaches into the utility belt of her spacesuit, which is covered in all kinds of clever little pockets. She has pockets that hold battery packs for her blaster and pockets that hold small coils of unbreakable filament rope. She has pockets that hold strange seeds and pockets that hold tiny micro-tags for tracking. She has pockets that hold all manner of little tools of her trade, and that, of course, includes a tiny can of chloroform. She pulls out the can now and twists open the nozzle along the top. Relax, she says in a sing-songy voice to the injured hexacorn. This is going to make you feel better. As she nears the hexacorn, it snaps at her with its monstrous jaw, but Grace jumps back nimbly. Now you just sit and let me help, she says, and for a wonder, the hexacorn seems to listen. This time, when Grace approaches, the creature just eyes her warily. She shakes the can of chloroform and sprays it on the first of the sockets where the hexacorn's horns once lived. The foam comes out in thick green shaving cream, and the microorganisms inside get to work immediately repairing the wound. The baby hexacorn relaxes a little and lets Grace spray the other five sockets. By the time she's done, the creature seems completely at ease, so Grace sprays the stun prod burns for good measure. When she's done, she returns to the creature's head and kneels down to look it in the eye. See? Now is that so bad? The hexacorn leans forward and extends a long forked tongue. It looks Grace from chin to hair, and she can't help but laugh. She reaches out and rubs the hexacorn's head, switching her comms back on with the other hand. It's all set, Chips. It was an injured hexacorn pup, but nothing a little chloroform couldn't sort out. See? You were worried for nothing. Hexacorn, says the robot in a panicked tone. Adult, approximately 15 years old and extremely aggressive, I suggest you run. 
Grace whirls and sees the adult hexacorn behind her. The bright purple eyes and scale pattern mean it's most likely the mother, and thus extremely protective of her young. Unlike the baby, its horns are in perfect shape, each a foot long, sharp and curved like pirate scimitars. Grace turns and runs, and the hexacorn comes after her, its six legs pounding out a ragged drumbeat on the scorched earth of the clearing. The creature moves faster than Grace would have believed possible, lowering its head to ram, the horns glowing red in the light of the alien sun. When Grace hears the hoofbeats closing in, she throws herself hard to the side, feeling the hexacorn charge by, narrowly missing. Grace stands and runs, but she doesn't cover ten feet before the hexacorn is on her tail again. This time, when she dodges, she's a second too slow, and the razor-sharp horn of the creature slices through the dracoderm alloy of her spacesuit, giving her a shallow cut across the ribs and knocking her to the ground. She yells into the calm as the hexacorn wheels for another attack. Chips! I'm in trouble here! I'll prep for lunch. I can be there in twenty minutes. Grace watches the hexacorn turn in the tall grass at the edge of the clearing, raking its sharp cloven hooves into the scorched earth, preparing for a final charge. (laughs) That's not going to cut it, Chips! She yells. I told you to leave that baby hexacorn alone. Chips yells right back. Too late now, says Grace, and then watches in horror as the mother hexacorn starts to charge, long horns burning bright in the sun, head looming huge, hooves kicking fat clods of the charred earth. The hexacorn picks up speed, and just as quickly it stops. Somehow, sometime during the chase, the baby hexacorn found its footing, and now it limps in between Amazing Grace and its mother. The mother bellows. Answers the baby. They start going back and forth, giving Grace time to rise to her feet and quickly hit her cut ribs with a burst of the chloroform. She feels the pain and tightness of the wound instantly start to fade. You getting this, Chips? Yes. I can't be sure, but audio scanners look like the little beast is vouching for you. Grace watches as the two hexacorns roar, growl, and grunt back and forth. After a while, it becomes clear that Chips is right. The mother seems to calm, and before long, she is ignoring Grace entirely, instead focusing on licking and inspecting her pup. Once she's sure the baby is in order, she turns and looks deeply into Grace's eyes. Grace, unsure of what to do, bows to the strange creature, and to her immense surprise, the creature gives her a bizarre six-legged bow in response. I don't believe it, says Chips. How did you manage to make friends with a hexacorn? Well, Thoreau said it best says Grace as the mother and baby turn and disappear together into the tall grass. The language of friendship is not words, but meanings. She knew I meant well when I helped her pup, and that was all she needed to know. You meet brains, says Chips. I'll never understand it. Grace double-checks her gear, cleaning off some dirt and sealing in the chloroform with a dracoderm bandage that reseals her spacesuit. You don't have to understand it, says Grace. You just have to keep quiet and get the Walden hot for launch. I'm back on the poacher's trail. Grace slips back into the grass, pressing the camouflage button on her spacesuit as she goes. It flickers and buzzes and rapidly changes from color to color before finally blending with the blue of the grass around her. The hexacorn horn must have damaged the camouflage functionality a little when it cut into her suit. She'd have to watch that. Another hour tracking the poachers through the grass, and she starts to feel a little pulsing rumbling in the soles of her feet.
She can't see anything, not through the tall blue stalks, but she places her palm against the ground and feels the pulsing even more clearly. It's a long-range starship, a big one, and it's getting ready to launch. She breaks into a run, long stalks of grass whipping at her suit as she tears through. She doesn't need to look for the poacher's trail anymore. All she needs to do is follow the deep thrumming from the earth. Before long, she can hear voices and the high whine of cold hydraulics warming up. She prays that she's not too late. She gets to the edge of the grass just as the poachers load the last of the hexacorns into the belly of an old starship. The hexacorns all have strange bands of dull metal around their necks, and the ship looks like a ladybug, with a tiny little cockpit for the head and a great round storage area body. Chips, says Grace. You read me? Loud and clear. What's the situation? The poachers have an old cargo ship, what the rocket jockeys used to call a cattle car back when they moved livestock planet to planet. They're loading in the hexacorns now. Looks like they have them fitted with neural inhibitor collars to keep them docile. Neural inhibitor collars have been outlawed by the Planetary Partnership for over 20 years, says Chips. Yeah, well, I don't think these guys are concerned by that law. As Grace watches, the poacher with the low black hat comes out of the cave and crosses to the ship. He reaches into his trench coat and pulls out a smart card that dangles on the end of a long necklace. When he slots the card into the cattle car, the doors slide shut with an echoing clang. As she watches, another man runs from the mouth of the cave, shouting something that she can't quite hear. Gotta get closer, Chips, she says, and she goes down onto her belly on the rock of the clearing, trusting the camouflage of her spacesuit to keep her hidden. She slides forward like a rattlesnake. Crow! Crow! The running poacher is shouting. I just hacked into the security cameras at Majiko 2, and Grace ain't there. She's come after us, just like you said she would. Crow! Grace had heard the name before. Crow Defon was one of the most wanted poachers in the galaxy, and one of the most dangerous, too. Good, yells Crow. Now let's get these beasts in the air before she gets here. Let her search the caves all she wants. By the time she realizes we're not here and gets back to her ship... We'll be long gone with our breeding stock. Chips, you get that? They aren't just poaching. They're going to take all of the hexacorns off planet so they can steal horns whenever they want. We have to stop them. Walden is ready for launch, says Chips. Please don't do anything stupid. You know me, Chips. Calms off, she says, and switches her suit to silent mode. She creeps forward foot by foot until Crow and the other poachers are only a dozen or so yards away. There are eight poachers total, Crow and six other humans, plus one seven-foot-tall alien with rope-thick hair and stony skin that could only be a Gorgonian. Grace rises to one knee and slips her stun blaster out of its holster. Eight targets was a lot, but she was a crack shot and had the element of surprise. Remember what Thoreau said, Gracie baby, she says to herself as she lines up her blaster with a Gorgonian. People are born to succeed, not to fail. She squeezes the trigger, and her aim is dead on. The blast hits the Gorgonian in the chest and drops him to his knees. The second blast hits him on top of the head and knocks him out cold. Grace swivels and looks for Crow, but he ducks behind the side of the ship before she can pull the trigger. The next two poachers aren't as fast, and she drops them where they stand. One starts snoring when he hits the ground. The other simply drools. Three down, five to go, and they still have no idea where she's shooting from. They're looking all around, but her suit keeps her hidden, keeps her safe. 
Come out, you yellow-bellied coward! Hollers one of the poachers still standing. He's holding a blaster the size of a cannon with a thick belt of power cells running through it. Or should I flush you out? He hollers again, and his blaster spits and barks, sending a shower of stun blasts through the air in every direction. Grace has to do a snap roll to avoid being hit by one of the wild blasts, and she feels her suit catch and tear on the ground. With a final fizzle, her camouflage drops off, and the suit turns back to its natural smoke gray, all too visible against the red stone all around her. She sends a volley of stun blasts at the poachers, downing another, but it's too late. They see her now, and the air around her is suddenly thick with fire. A blast strikes her shoulder, sending her sprawling. Another catches her ribs, making her curl up in pain. Enough! She hears Crow yell, and then the poacher is standing over her. He has his black hat tilted back on his head, and Grace can see him clearly for the first time. He's middle-aged, tall and slender, with a thick black mustache and narrow, squinted eyes. Well, well, he says. Amazing Grace Green, princess of space and certified eco-nutjob. Welcome to our little operation. Grace tries to swing her blaster up, but she's weak and slow, and Crow kicks it out of her hand, sending it spinning across the rocky ground. No more of that, he says. You're too wild for your own good. I'm afraid I'm going to have to lock you up. He hollers something to his men, but Grace can't make it out. Her head is heavy and swimmy from the stun blasts. If not for the Dracoderm of her spacesuit, she would already be deeply asleep. Next thing she knows, she's being bodily thrown into a small cell. No, not a cell, a cage. The walls, ceiling, and floor are all made of thick bars, spaces a few inches apart, and the back of the cage is anchored to the mountain by thick blast-driven bolts. It's Dracoderm alloy, the good stuff. We had it made to hold a hexacorn, but the darn things were just too strong, their horns too sharp. We couldn't use it. Still, it'll hold a little eco-nut like you just fine. You won't get away with this, says Grace, fighting to stay awake. Now don't you worry about me, little lady, Crow says. You should be worrying about who's gonna find you first. Your robot friend, President Horatio or those wild and angry hexacorns. Nothing personal, princess, he says, smiling a wicked smile. We just got a business to run and a flight to catch. He stuns her a final time, sending Grace slipping and sliding into a dark and dreamless sleep. The end of part two. Thanks for listening. This story was written by Daniel Hines and produced by Jake Letizia. Please don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a good review. When you subscribe and review, you help us to continue to create free, family-friendly content. So thanks to everyone who is subscribing now, or who is already subscribed. You make these stories possible for all of the thousands of children who are listening all across the globe. Don't forget to check back next week for another great story. I'm your narrator, Kelsey Lee, and thanks for listening!